Good morning, New Hope, and welcome. This is a part of worship that we get to continue with our tithes and offerings. And I remember way back in the day when, when I first started walking with God, and I got to give my tithes and my offerings, and I would put it in a bucket as it passed by. And I got to thinking, how does God get this money? I put it in a bucket, but how does he get it? And so, in conversation, I didn't want to bring up a blanket question and seem kind of dumb, but I would just bring up conversations, and we talk, and I got, the reply was, oh, the church would take care of it. And then I'm thinking, oh, okay. But then I raised up two more questions. How does a church get the money to God? Or am I giving it to the church? And... I was thinking in my head, how does this happen? I mean, I got to start reading about the Old Testament where they made sacrifices and they burnt offerings and everything was burnt to God and the aroma was pleasing to God. Then I read in the New Testament where we got the Holy Spirit and the healing powers and so was it something magical or mystical that just poof, you took the money? You know, I just didn't understand. So I figured I'd go ask a Sunday school teacher. It was a safe bet because the Sunday school teacher was my wife. <laughs> So I got to talk to her, and she says, no, the finances that's received through our tithes and offerings is the way that we fund the church. And just like Paul wrote in the book of Philippians, he was so grateful from the tithes and offerings that was given in one church that it was a pleasing aroma, pleasing to God, that it funded activities elsewhere where we can build up relationships one relationship at a time then in the book of Acts you know we think of giving our money to God but it's all his anyhow everything in the world is his he built us he made us he made the world he made us to give and so it's just out of our obedience with the resources that he entitles us to use to tithe through the church to to fund and make possible all the activities we have, the rooted and growing activities, the men's group, the women's group, youth groups, um, our outreaches, our live streaming, all these things, just so that we can reach the lost, one relationship at a time. And a far place I came from the age of 27 to now, and it's been many years. So let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for the resources that you give us, I praise God that our hearts are to not hold tight to what you give us, but to let go, to further your kingdom, to fund all the activities that you put on our hearts to reach the lost, one relationship at a time. And Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity that you would use me through New Hope Hilo to reach the lost. And I just thank you for that. In your name we pray. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ohana Pilikia. Let's welcome our host, Bunny Korea. Come, welcome to Ohana Pilikia, where two families go head to head and battle it out to see who is more Akamai. Are you ready? Yes, let's welcome our first family, our first contestants, the Brainiacs. Hi. 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 Hi.
Welcome, Hello. welcome, McBrainy. Hi. <laughs> Hi, good to see you guys. Nice to oh, see you, McBrainy. Who do you have with you? Oh, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is my family. This is uh, my brother. His name is McBrawny because, you Hi, know, look, everybody. he's Bronny. Uh, yeah, and then this is his daughter, McBrookie. <laughs> Hi, McBrookie. She's very smart. She's so smart. And um, the latest addition to our family is uh, McBaby. Can you? Yes. Oh, wow. McBaby. Look at that. The resemblance <laughs> is uncanny. I just love wow. it. It's so cute. <laughs> okay, McBrainy. All right. Are you ready to meet your opponents? Oh, why not? Okay, we'll wait. All right, put your hands together. Okay, Let's welcome the Kamaka Viva Ole. Marimana cleaning up right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kala, uh, Ulu girl is not here. Oh, Marimana. Yeah, she was. She was oh. Kinda, oh, okay, she was okay, okay. So you guys are okay with just the two of you? Yeah, we're oh. good. All we're right. Good. Hey, hey, one family together, we here. Like, yeah. We can. We All right, can, okay. We can, we can I have no in. idea what you're saying, but we will just take we your can, word we for can it. Sense the word okay, so in. we did a coin toss in the back to see who goes first. Now, the object of the game is that you need to correctly answer three questions Easy. before Easy. the Easy. clock Easy. runs Easy. out, Easy. okay? So the family who gets all three questions correct, multiple if you both choice. get it, we will choice. go for the sudden death. But if hey. not, bonus round. True, false, or multiple choice? We just got to get ourselves ready, yeah? What is Could be both. You? Could be both. Okay, all right, all right, all right. So hey, the coin toss <laughs> winner was the Kamaka Vivole, so you Woo! will go first. Yeah. Are you we ready? ready. It's okay, okay here we go. Long. Here we go. So we're going to get the clock ready. Okay. Oh, pressure, huh? All right. Yeah. What was... What is that? Are you ready? Yeah. Cool. What was first founded in 230 AD in what? Jordan? What found what? Wow, what? What did you find? No, no, no. Okay, okay. No, that answer should be... No, Hurry up. I know I the thinking. answer. Wow. First of all, this is where we belong. Yeah. I, just, I never know where you have to start. Wow, I don't even know. All I, I wanted to do is come church. I just church to come is church. correct. Hey. Church is the what? right answer. Okay, next question, next question. Which mammal's scientific name is Sue Scrofa Scrofa? Okay, wait, let me stretch for this one. Let me stretch for this one. Stretch them out, brother. Stretch them out, stretch them out. I ate too much. Come to a pig last night. Pig is correct. Pig is correct. Okay, last question. Who said this quote? That is part of the beauty of all literature. You discover that your longings are universal longings, that you're not lonely and isolated from this, anyone, that you yeah, belong. Push up first. You need a spot. Uh, you, you need to hurry up. Oh, what? Oh, Gerald. That is Fitzgerald. correct, but you ran out of time. I'm so oh, sorry. Okay, Brainiacs. Okay, Brainiacs, are you ready? Juice, yes, we're yes, ready. Now you need to get all three correct. Okay, okay. here we go. Not a problem. No Ammon, Absalom, and Solomon belong to which biblical king? King uh, David. Uh, correct. Where was the biggest tsunami recorded? Alaska, 1958. Correct. Now, who said this quote? Those who have a strong sense of love and belonging have the courage to be imperfect. 
Renee Brown. Correct. Great job, yes, Renee. Good job. <laughs> you got all three. Wow. Good, job. good job. Good job. I'm so sorry, Kamaka Vivolis. You lost. We're so sorry. Can we say goodbye? Can we say goodbye? Thank you guys. You guys are great contestants. All right, all right, Brainiacs, are you ready? What are we doing now? Okay, so this is the bonus round, all right? So in order to win the big money, you need to go. Big you money. need we to like win that. all three. Get it, all three questions correct. Okay. Okay. We're ready. Are you ready? Let's go. 60 seconds on the clock. Okay. Which this category so of clouds resemble puffy pieces of cotton? Oh, that is the cumulus clouds. And although they're puffy, you okay, know, they correct, look like pieces uh, correct. of cotton in the sky. All right, you only have a short time. This is actually really Next question. Black, Which so animal family oh. in Tanzania do the mongoose belong to? That is correct. Okay, McBrainy, McBrainy, final. It's actually blueberry in color with McBrainy. In it. Isn't that exciting? Final question, because oh, you're okay. going to run out of time. Oh, okay, okay sorry, final sorry. question. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so did you know? Oh, wait, let's see. Well, according to the Bible, true or false, it is better for man to live alone. Well, if you're looking at the book of Genesis, they're thinking about God, the creator. Like, he created man. McBrainy. Right? And then he was just like, hmm. Uh, True or false, yeah, McBrainy. Okay, but could use some improvement. I'm so sorry. Happened? You ran out of time. No! We have You the ran out of time. Money. I'm so sorry. I mean, the good news is that you'll be back next week, I think. I mean, I think that's good news. But you will be back next week to defend your title. Okay. All right. So can that's we say good. thank you to okay. the Brainiacs? That's it. Thank you. It's okay thank that you, you didn't All win right. the bonus round. It's okay. Can oh. we say thank you to Big Brain? Just one more thing. Yes, yes. Oh, wow. What? <laughs> yeah, he's very brilliant. He's uh, part of the family. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, you know that the word belong, I know that Pastor Sheldon's talking about belonging. It actually appears in more than 50 top 40 songs like we belong okay. together you belong with me up where we belong oh i have one you belong off stage <laughs> thank you mick okay. brainy thank you and to I, the brainiacs bye. Bye. yes i am exhausted so you know they don't appreciate yes. good music either Ooh, this hosting stuff is no joke well, Pastor Sheldon is continuing in his series, The Family of God, with a message entitled, Where Do I Belong? Thank you, Bunny, for hosting. My goodness. Can we say thank you to the families that joined us this morning? Now, you might be thinking, what family do you come from? I'm sure you have family members that are similar in that kind of way. But today we're in this series called The Family of God. So you can take out your notes with me, or if you have your, your app, you can take that out. I think it's amazing that every single person wants to belong somewhere. You know, every, everyone wants to belong to something, to someone. And in this world, because of the society that we live in, we all want to be included. That's why social media is so uh, successful, because we want to stay connected with people. But there's just something inside of us that says you need to connect with people. But the question is this, who do we connect with and will they accept us? Because normally those are the two questions we ponder about and we think through, but we don't, 
necessarily say it. We don't speak it out, but it's inside of us. And as we talk about the family of God and being in this series, we're going to learn today that there is a place that God has called us to belong. And so as we talk about this word belong, I want you to remember that God wants us included in his family. So you can take out your notes with me, and we're going to run through a couple of scriptures today. And we're going to take a look at what the Bible says to us about belonging, because we all want to belong somewhere. Some of you are here from last week. Uh, you came to our Easter service, so welcome back. We're so thankful that you can be here. Congratulations also to all the contestants for the Merry Monarch. And if you are here today and you were, you know, uh, watch, and you watched the Merry Monarch, first of all, well done with being here 7 o'clock in the morning. So we want to welcome you too. But we just want to congratulate everyone. And then if you're visiting, we welcome you here because we all want to belong somewhere. God has a way of doing things, and the way he does things is, is not like us. We do things differently. In fact, we learn from God how to do certain things. And the best way to learn about relationships is through God. Yesterday, we went to a movie, and I don't want to tell you what movie because I, I, I thought it was a really, really good movie, and I don't want to hype it up for you because it's already hyped up. But while we're in line, uh, I had my three grandchildren with me and my oldest son. So he's 30. They're, you know... They're going to be 10, 8, and 7 this year, 10, 8, and 6 this year. So they're at that age where they want to do stuff. And normally when you stand in line for a movie, because we had to stand in line maybe an hour and a half before the movie started, uh, kids get restless. And normally when kids get restless, what do we do? Yeah, we give them our phone or something to do. And so the challenge for me as Papa was not to give them any, anyone's phone or any electronic gadget or anything like that. It was to talk with them. And in the beginning, like, they had withdrawals in the beginning. In the beginning, it was, oh, what are we going to do? How long are we going to wait? And they had all the questions, like, how long is this going to be? Are we, are we going to go in the movie yet? What time is it? And I can't tell you the patience you will need for children when they're asking you the same question that you just answered 30 seconds ago. And they're doing this. What, what time is it? And I'm like, I ain't carrying you. So I said, hey, guys, why don't we, why don't we just use our imagination? Let's, let's, let's tell jokes. So we made up like knock-knock jokes. And it was so lame. I mean, it was horrible, horrible. But I can tell you what came out of this after an hour and a half. They're talking story. They're playing. They're not, they're not so restless anymore. And what we noticed from that is it's not, it's not just children it's us as adults too, that we become most restless when we don't connect. If we're not connecting with other people, that's when we become most restless. And God gave us a way to belong. He calls it the church. Now the world would say, no, the church doesn't want you. You have to change first. They don't accept you because of this and what you're doing, your lifestyle, the sins, uh, your belief system. Uh, and, and so the, the world will name all these things, but that's not what Jesus did. Jesus said, no, you welcome them all to me. God put that in there inside of us to want to belong. He put that there because we su we're supposed to want to belong to him. But not only just belonging to God and, and as much as we believe in God, but he also wanted us to belong with one another in his family. In the Bible, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, Paul the Apostle is teaching his younger protege, like he's mentoring this younger man named Timothy, and he's wanting Timothy to understand why the church exists, 
And so he says this, Paul says to Timothy, I am writing these things to let you know, uh, to, I'm writing these things to you now, even though I hope to be with you soon. Like Paul is saying, I, I want to be with you. So that if I am delayed, you will know how people must conduct themselves in the household of God. This is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and foundation of the truth. See, every single person wants to belong, and Paul understood that. So Paul was saying to Timothy, I, I can't wait to see you. But at the same time, Timothy, you need to understand that this is the church of the living God. It's, it's God's household. This is, so this is how you must conduct yourselves. He's telling Timothy, if you miss this, the church has no effect on the world. Because the church is God's idea. And every single one of us, we want to belong. So we're going to learn where we belong as believers, as well as for those of you who are thinking about, well, I don't, I don't know about my relationship with God. I, don't, I may not have one yet, so where do I fit in all of this? Well, God wants you to know that, you're, that he wants you in his family. It's not a separation from the world. It's being included with the family of God. It's saying to God, I want to I be included with the vision that you have for my life. I want to be one with you. I want to partner with you. And it's not a religious thing. It's actually a relational thing. And I think there are many things we have to unlearn about being included in the family of God or connecting with people in church. We got to get away from the stereotypes, get away from labeling people. We have to get away from the past things that we've done in our world as well as the stereotype that the world will give to the church. If we just go back to Jesus Christ, we're okay. You see, what, what has happened in our world is not that Jesus Christ did something wrong. It's just that throughout time, mankind did many things wrong. But Jesus is the head of the church, which is his people. So here's the first thing that we can learn about belonging, is that as a Christian, we belong to a family of believers. That's the, I think that's the, that's the one concept that we tend to forget as believers, that we belong to a family of believers, that this is, this is God's family. We don't attend church. We are the church. We don't go to church. We're bringing church because we're the people. It's not a place you go to. It's a person you are. In the book of Ephesians, it says in Ephesians 2.19, so now you Gentiles, which were non-Jews or foreigners, are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. In other words, even people who may not know God yet, even people who are far from God, God is saying, you can become citizens too. You're, you can be a part of God's family. And the question is, would I want to? Because there are many fears we may have said yes to Jesus a long time ago, but when, it's, when it comes to our ongoing relationship with Jesus, he, he never meant us to stay private with him. He wanted us to include others and to connect with other believers. That's our Romans chapter 12, verse 4 and 5. It says, For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, one of another. Like our body, we have many parts to our body, but we're one body. Same thing as in the church. Many different parts to the body of Christ, but we're one body. See, we as, as members, we're the ones that go out into the world and do something for God. We don't just come to church 
attend, and then leave. God says, you're members of my body, so you're going to be my hands, my feet, my eyes, my heart, my ears, into a world in need of my spirit. And we forget that. We forget that's how, that's how valuable God sees you and I. See, our organs in our bodies, separate from our bodies, will not survive. What happens to it? It dies. And we miss our very purpose when we are not included in the family of God, when we're disconnected from the body of Christ, just like our organ if it was disconnected from our body. Well, you're that valuable to the family of God, that God says as the body of Christ, we are to do certain things together, but as individual members, because we all have different personalities, different gifts, different uh, backgrounds, that you're going to be able to reach people I could never reach, and I'm going to reach people that you could never reach. But together, as the body of Christ, we can reach so many people. Let's not miss our, our purpose or our opportunities. See, you can, always, you can always trace someone's spiritual decline when they're disconnected from the church. When someone's spiritual maturity or their spiritual growth starts to decline or starts to uh, point inward, normally and most of the times it's because they're disconnected from the church the body of christ why because the spirit begins to decay because you're now cut off from the body of christ and then we go off and do our own thing and then it's like god is saying where are you connected oh no 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 god you're everywhere yeah i am everywhere but you need to be connected somewhere otherwise you die we we heard the illustration of of when you're making a fire, and when all the coal is together, all the charcoal brickets are together, or, or bricks are together, it lasts longer, and the, the fire is hotter. But you take one of those charcoal embers out, or one of those uh, bricks out of the fire, this will last a lot longer than this one. This one will eventually die out. But what happens is, as believers, we disconnect from the body of Christ, and we say, no, I'm good, I'm fine. And there's a slow dying of fire. And you don't know when the fire went out because it's very slow. And you get used to every temperature in the season that you're in. And after a while, there's no fire, but you still think you're functioning as the church. And God says, no, no, you belong connected together. This is how I designed you. I designed you to stay connected. This is the hope of the world, the church so the church needs to see the relationships that we have with one another. If the world is doing a better job at relationships, something's not right. God looks to us to be the lights into the world. The second thing is that as a Christian, we are part of a greater cause. And I think that's the one we have to understand is because there's a greater cause in why God brought us together. God uses our talents, our gifts, so that we can be used to glorify him in this world. You know, one of the disciples, his name was Peter. Jesus speaks this to Peter in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. He says, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build whose church? My church. That's what Jesus said. I will build my church. It's not that pastor's church. It's not New Hope's church. It's not this church's name's church. It's not this denomination's church. It's not Pastor Sheldon's church. This is my church. And then he said, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. When Jesus said that, he was establishing something for us as the future people of his church. 
That's why I always say to our staff often, even our volunteers, that I would love it that when new people come here and they leave, they have absolutely no idea who was in charge. But all they remember was Jesus. Then when people come here, when they first walk into this place, they don't know who the pastor is or the senior pastor, the lead pastor. Like everyone is that person. That they wouldn't know how to, well, are you the pastor? No. Well, I thought you were. Why? Because you're so loving to people. In fact, I get that. Some of you, when you're out there, people ask me, they're like, oh, so who is that? I'm like, oh, that's so-and-so. They said, but what do they do in the church? I said, well, they, they, they attend, they, they serve, they volunteer, they give. Yeah, but what, what position do they have? And I said, what do you mean position? Yeah, because look, they're doing stuff. They, they must, be, must have a position somewhere. I'm like, you know what? We're all servants to God. He's the king. And last, last time I checked, only the king sleeps in the palace. We're all servants. And people are amazed at how well you volunteer. And then they ask me this, do your volunteers get paid? I'm like, we all get paid just with different streams of income. God uses it in different ways. But we don't do it for that. I said, we store up our treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy. And that's the amazing thing about you in this church that I've seen ever since I came here in the 90s, that you've always put your hands and your heart to work for the king of all kings because we belong together with the family of God and this is his church. It belongs to him. I'm so thankful that it is his church. And he said, you know what, Peter? Nothing will destroy it. Think about all the laws that are passed, all the things that happen in the world that come against the church. You can't destroy the church because the church belongs to Jesus. He is that responsible for the church. And the church is not like everything else in the world, temporary. The church is eternal. You and I, as the church, are eternal. So nothing can destroy the church. It's established by Jesus himself that he said, I will build my church. That's how important the church is. The church will outlast everything else here on this earth. In fact, in the entire universe, the church will outlast everything. That's why Ephesians 5.25 says, Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Did you know that we're called the bride of Christ? Yeah, the church is called the bride of Christ. I don't know about you, but I, I have never seen on a wedding day, on a wedding day, that the bride is not well taken care of. I have not seen that. I have not seen that the bride is just kind of shoved off in the corner like, oh, you don't matter. You know what I have seen? I have seen the bride taken care of. Photographers take good care of the bride. The the. What is the, the woman the next to the maid, maid of honor? Yeah, that person takes good care of the, the bride. The, the parents take good care of the bride. Everyone takes care of the bride. And that's how Jesus sees you and I as the church. He takes very good care of the bride. That's what he calls us. Because one day we'll be together with him for all of eternity. We're the bride of Christ. So being the bride of Christ as a Christian remembering that we have a greater cause is that God is going to look to us to model that relationship to the world. The bride of Christ. Imagine if we didn't get along with each other. 
Imagine if we, we just gossiped about each other. Imagine if we uh, backstabbed one another. Imagine if that was happening and the church just started to dismantle and started to become separate. If, if we do that, then it's like saying to Jesus, I love you, but I don't, I don't like the bride. It's like saying to one another, oh, I, I love you, but I don't like your wife. That may happen. That may happen in our world, but as believers, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. Why? Because we're the believers. We're the one that God uses for a greater cause. Once the arrows start pointing inward, then we forget the greater cause of God reaching people. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17 It says to show proper respect to everyone, love the family of believers, fear God, honor the emperor. And what Peter was writing is that he's saying, you know, we cannot just say, oh, we accept certain people, but uh, we we reject these people. Oh, we we receive the people that are well-behaved, but the ones who are like renegades, oh, no, we we don't accept them. Peter was saying, no, 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 we, we respect everyone. We want everyone to be included in the family of God. Love the family of believers, he's saying. He's saying, this one is priority. But I, I thought we are supposed to love everyone. Absolutely. However, you're, you're also, he's, he's like making a point. He's saying, you need to love the believers. Yeah, but they're not like me. Yeah, that's what they're saying about you. So that's why we need Jesus. We need all of us to love Jesus and then love one another so that when people see this love, they could say, wait a minute. They may not agree with everything and maybe they're learning together, but look at how they love one another. That's what Peter was saying. Versus saying, oh, I, I love you, but I don't, I don't like your spouse or complain about the spouse or talk bad about the spouse. No, no. Peter was saying, we're the believers, so people should recognize us in that kind of way. Church is not a place to be used. It's a place that we, we, we are loved and to love other people. And when we don't have a church or a body to call home, I would say, ask God, where can I call my home church? Because you are an organ, a member, that needs to be connected to the body, lest you start decaying. So if you're looking for a home church, I'd say find one quickly so that you can stay connected. See, a a Christian with no connection to a church is not how God designed believers. It's not how he designed us as believers. He designed us to stay connected to each other. And I can guarantee you that when there is a Christian who is not a part of the body of Christ or says, I don't want to go to church anymore, but I still believe in God, there's a spiritual battle taking place because it's not supposed to be like that. We're supposed to be connected and work out our differences according to the will of God. And it, it takes time sometimes because there's a, there's a rift or there's, there's a, a, a difference in relationship or maybe there's hurt or bitterness or resentment or unforgiveness or maybe something happened and the person doesn't even know but you're harboring that and no one has ever spoken about it. Maybe the person didn't know they hurt you. Maybe just by chance or whatever words were said, it just hurt you and then you harbor that and you have yet to reconcile. And it doesn't mean you're going to be best buddies again. What it means is that maybe working towards reconciliation is a great thing. And if that never happens, if we're never reconciled, but you tried, because the Bible does say as far as it depends on you, you be at peace with others, even though we may have tried and failed here, as believers, when we get there into eternity, 
where we, we will be reconciled. So God is not finished with relationships. It's just us learning how to do that. And that's a difficult thing for some of us. And sometimes if you're a person who goes from one church and says, I can't receive here, goes to another church, I can't receive here, goes to another church, I can't receive here, goes to another church, and all your life that's what you're doing, then how will you receive? I would say this, if you go from one church to the next, stop and ask God, what do I need to learn? What am I learning? Because if we have a hard time finding a home church, it may not be the church. I'm not saying something's wrong with us. It just could very well be that God is trying to teach us something. And until we catch that, we will never find a home church. In fact, if you're looking for a perfect church, guess what? This ain't it. This is not the perfect church. And if you find a perfect church, let me know because you can't attend. Because then it'll be imperfect. (laughs) There are no perfect churches. But there is a perfect God. There is a perfect Lord. And Jesus Christ perfects us. When we see him face to face, that's when we'll be perfect. But it will be perfect in him. Some people even told me, but I can be a good Christian and not go to church. Eh, Maybe so. Maybe so. But how will I grow? How will I grow if I'm not connected to the church or commit to a fellowship? Because it's, it's like saying this, well, I can be a good husband, but I don't need to go home, huh? Do I have to go back to my family? Do I have to stay in the same house? I mean, like, do we have to do everything together? You don't have to do, you don't have to do everything together, but as the husband, I would think I need to be with my wife every now and then. But that's what we do as believers. We say, but I don't, I don't need to be connected to the body. I'm okay. I can be separate. And I've heard people tell me this. My church is wherever I go because didn't you say, Pastor, that I am the church? Absolutely. Absolutely. But you got to remember what that word means. It means to be called out. That's what the word church means. So in order to be called out, you need to be in something first. So when we're in fellowship, we get called out of here to go into the world. Not just stay in the world and just stay. Church works best when we gather together as believers, learn from God together, sing worship songs together, which the Bible instructs us, that we worship God together, we break bread together, and I'll read that scripture later on. But not just stay here, go out into the world. In other words, God uses loving other believers. We love one another to show that we follow him. That's, that's the way he shows that we show him, that we follow him. It's when we love one another. Because how can I say, I, I follow Jesus, and in the same breath say, but I don't associate with his body. That's what John 13, 35 says, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Love for one another. That's why this is a difficult subject to talk about because this is the most important thing God is asking of us as believers. It's to be Christians, Christ followers, disciples of Christ in the world we live in. To be a believer is going to be a difficult thing, so much so that Jesus himself said it. He said, in the world, you're going to have trials, tribulations, you're going to have troubles, but don't worry about it because I have overcome the world. It's like Jesus had to preface us and and give us an idea of what we're going to be dealing with in the world. 
See, we're a powerful witness to a divided world when we're unified as the body of Christ, together as one, with many differences, many different opinions, but yet our commonality is that we love God and we love one another. We have different nationalities, different social status, uh, various age groups. We have different demographics and, and political views, but one thing we have in common is that we love one another with the love that God gives to us. When the world sees that, it just blows their mind. They're saying, wait a minute, you believe this, in, uh, or you think this way, or you have this difference, you think this? Yeah, but you guys can still worship God together? Absolutely. Why? Because he is the head over our church. It's not us. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28 says that, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you ever feel separate or you, if you ever feel like, I don't feel valuable, I don't, I don't, I don't feel connected to the body of Christ, or, or you feel isolated, or you feel like, well, nobody's paying attention to me, no one says hi to me, and you're a believer, that could very well be God telling you something. Because I remember this long ago. I would come to church, and I would know God, and there were certain people in leadership that never said hi to me. And I would think, I wonder why that person never says hi. Like, I thought that person was a pastor. I thought that person was this. I thought that person was that. Like, I want to see if they're going to tell me hi. And God immediately spoke to me and said, why don't you tell them hi? I was like, because I'm not a leader. He said, that's why you're not. He said, so, so what do I do? He said, act as if you were. Because this is your family. And if you become that person, you isolate yourself and you eventually die out. And you know what you'll do with that spirit, Sheldon? You're going to go to another church. You're going to do the same thing. And guess what will happen there? You're going to look at all the leaders and all the faults and then you're going to go to another place. And guess what will happen to you? Nothing. That's who you will be for the rest of your life. And God can speak. And he spoke that in a nanosecond. And so I, I, I thought, well, okay, then I'll, I'll just... I'll say hi. You know how difficult it is to say, hey, good morning, and no one responds to you? It's a tough thing. But you don't do it to get a response. You do it because you're serving God. You're saying, God, I'm, I'm going to welcome as many people as I can. I'm going to say good morning to people as much as I can. Why? Because you're asking me to be your voice to a person who might be dying on the inside for someone to give them value. You never know what someone is going through. We know how to put on the smile. We're good at that. But God says, I, I look right past all of that and I go straight to the heart. And it could very well be that God is speaking to us to be that for the world. So whenever there's an expectation on someone else, God immediately speaks back to me and he says, he says okay, so what are you going to do about it? Because you can. You can't change that person, but you can change. See, there's a greater cause, much bigger than ourselves, and as a believer, as the body of Christ, we're, we're all one in Christ Jesus. And the world, we, we show the world that we care more about people and one another than we do ourselves. Because that's what Christ modeled for us. And the last thing is that as a Christian, and this is what takes place, we add value to the church. We add value to one another. We add value to people. Because that's what people are looking for in the world. That's why, that's why we go off and do these 
weird things and crazy things and, and we do things that we're not proud of because we're trying to find value somewhere. And God says, I have value for you. You're going to find it in the church. My people will show you how valuable you are. That's our responsibility as the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26 tells us, and if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. It's all of us together. See, true fellowship, the way God designed us to connect with one another, is not when we all agree on the same thing and get along because of that. We truly show the love of God when we disagree on many things, yet we still love one another. We still love each other. See, we're, we're supposed to be committed to one another just as much as we're committed to Jesus Christ. Our commitment to him is his body also. We cannot say, I commit to you, Jesus, but not your body. We commit to his body too. 1 John 3.16 says that this is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. See, you and I play a part in helping one another grow as the church. That's why when Jesus said, go and make disciples, that's what we're to do. Discipleship is everything we do. We don't stop being discipled. We're continuously learning from God. Ephesians 4.16 tells us that he makes the whole body fit together how? Perfectly. We perfectly fit together. Not that we're perfect and now we fit. He's saying, no, 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 you're perfectly, you're perfectly fit together. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. There's a common goal. There's a, the end result is that love is there. And the Bible tells us often, love one another, forgive one another, be with each other, fellowship with one another, admonish each other, and be devoted to each other. Because the true test of spiritual maturity is not how much we know. The true test of spiritual maturity is not when you're isolated and just by yourself. The true test of maturity, spiritual maturity, is when you're around, you're around other people. Oh, it's easy to love God when you're by yourself. Much more difficult when there's a challenge next to you. How are we going to respond when there are other people around us and now we need to love other people? See, the Bible gives us what we need to know. And we can grow when we're in the Word of God, but we really grow when we're around other believers. Just ask any volunteer that is in the kitchen or in the parking lot or in, the, in, the, in our Mighty Marvels or our nursery, any volunteer, sound technicians, our, our, our video technicians, anyone who is serving, it's challenging. It is not easy. It's much easier not to be connected to the body of Christ, but it is far more detrimental when we're not. And we learn and we grow together. That's why whenever you hear of salt at this church, it's, it's the acrostic S-A-L-T, serving and learning together. We don't learn as much by ourselves as if when we're together. And God calls us to be together because a sermon will never be enough. It'll never be enough. We need to be connected. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, it says that a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. God uses the body of Christ to grow us so that we discover our, our spiritual gifts, so that we're developed and, and he can send us out to reach people. 
Because there's a wider scope of ministry in our community and beyond. He doesn't just prepare us for things that are here. When Jesus said to Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, he was reminding Peter that he would do it. His promise to Peter was to build his church, not my ministry. And we may have a ministry out there in the public, in the marketplace, but it's, it's Christ that is going to build his church. As Ephesians 2.10 tells us, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things that he planned for us long ago. The plans that God has for us wasn't just thought up today. It wasn't even thought up when we just said yes to Jesus or when we first said yes to Jesus. He thought about it long ago and God sent Jesus Christ in a physical body to do his works and then after Jesus died on the cross and then ascended into heaven, after he rose from the grave, he now uses his spiritual body to do the same works and even greater, Jesus said. You're going to do greater things than me. Where his hands, his feet, his ears, his eyes, we get to be the body of Christ in the world. And we know how important this assignment is because he structured, the, he structured the church in that kind of way to help one another. Hebrews 3.13 tells us to encourage each other, how often? Daily. Encourage each other daily while it is still called today so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. In other words, when we're disconnected, sin's deception easily takes over our life. That's why for many of us, when we return to church, because I hear this often, they'll say, boy, I haven't been coming to church for a long time and I've been through some beatings. I need to get back. This is what they say. I need to get back to God. So when we hear that from other people, let's learn that being disconnected doesn't help us at all. We're not structured as the church to be separate from one another. We're structured as the church to keep watch over one another, to help one another. That's why James 5.19 says, My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings that sinner back will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. That's why there's a difference between a member and an attender. A member is someone who contributes to the body of Christ. An attender is someone who is getting there. An attender is someone who will come to church on a Sunday and learn and get to that place of, I want to I do something. Like there's something that's going to stir within you that says, I want to do something. I want to be involved. I want to stay connected. How do I do that? Very simple. Approach one of us and just ask. Do you need help? That's all you have to ask. Hey, do you need help? Can I, can I do something? Go to the information center. Come to me and just say, hey, I want to do something. I just don't know, know where to start. We'll point you in the right direction. And if someone tells you, no, we don't need help, please let me know. And please let me know who that person was. <laughs> Not because I'm going to do anything bad. I just want to coach that we always always want to include someone not because we need the help but because that person needs the value so when someone says do you need help moving that absolutely can you help me with this it adds value to the person did you actually need help no you could have done it yourself will it take longer if that person does it probably that's probably where the stress comes from it's like oh no I can't, if this person helps me it's gonna take longer but we can help them get to that place Maybe they don't know everything. Like, I wouldn't tell someone if they said, hey, I want to help with the soundboard. Sure, jump on. Johnson, jump off. <laughs> I wouldn't just do that. I would help that person and say, absolutely, here's what we're going to do. We're going to train you so that you, you, you're set up to succeed. 
That's why people, when they say, hey, I want to sing worship, absolutely. We have a way to disciple you towards that. And for some people along the lines, they give up because they say, well, I just wanted to sing. And it's like, no, 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 God wants to disciple us. Yeah, but I want to sing. You can sing anywhere. You can sing at a karaoke bar. You can sing in your garage. You can sing anywhere. Yeah, but I want to sing for God. If you want to sing for God and you want to do things for God, then let's get mentored by God. Let's be discipled by God so that we can learn and grow in him because he's not trying to teach you how to sing. He's trying to teach you how to become a disciple. That's what Jesus does so well. We belong to him. See, when we're born, we, we are automatically into the human race. We, we're, we're just born into the human race. We belong to the human race. But now I have to have a family, someone to take care of me, someone to nurture me. That's what the church is. When you're born again, you're now in the family of believers, but God says, but I want you to be included in a smaller local family so that you can be nurtured, so that you can grow, so that you can find nourishment and not just exist as a believer out there in the world and just wander around like, woohoo, I received Jesus Christ. Yeah, I carry my Bible. Well, who do you connect with? I don't need. I get God. True. But we grow the very best when we're connected to a family of believers and we're cared for. Acts 2.42 tells us that all the believers, this is when the church was exploding, the early church, all the believers, were devote, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. In other words, what we're doing today, we're learning together. And to fellowship. Many of us will fellowship together. We have home groups. We have small Bible studies. We have what we call rooted and growing, where we have different uh, Bible study groups. Many of us go into what we call our fellowship hall. We have breakfast together. We hang out together. And he says you're, you're, you're also devoted to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And if you've been in church for a while, you know that Acts 2.42 is like, the, it's like the, the foundation scripture to how we do church. Because God calls us to belong somewhere. And he wants us to be connected somewhere. We're the family of God. And he says, when you're able to use your gifts for one another, you add value to each other. Because you belong to my family. We're Christians. We belong together. Not to stay there and just stay in a huddle. But then we break, and then we go out into the world. And God uses us in that kind of way, amen? I'm gonna invite Glenn to the keyboard, and we're gonna close so you can take out your, uh, put away your notes. You know, when the believers became the members of the church, it showed their commitment to the local body of Christ, the family of believers. And they said, I wanna stay connected. And it wasn't just speaking of a commitment. They were saying, I'm not just committed to this body of Christ. Lord, I'm committed to you that I want to do something great in our world. And I want, to, I, want to, I want to become who you're making me to be. I want, I want to belong. And God wants you to belong. Well, normally what happens is you're going to look at all of your flaws. You're going to look at your mistakes. You're going to look at, but this person said this about me. Or maybe you did come from another church and maybe you got hurt or whatever it is. And maybe someone said something to you and you're carrying that. I would say as a believer, as quick as possible, if you're able to, the Bible says, if, if, if possible, as far as it depends on you, be at peace with everyone. That if that's you, that you go to the person and make things right. If you have to ask for forgiveness, then do so. If you have to give forgiveness, then do so. But if that person just says, I don't, don't ever talk to me again, 
you did everything possible and God will bring healing to you because as far as it depended on you, you were at peace with everyone and you want to be that difference maker in this world. God wants us to represent him in this world and he uses us as the church to do so. Let's be that kind of people that loves one another and goes out into the world and loves other people to God because this is where we belong. We're believers and the gates of hell will never prevail against it. Would you pray with me? Let's bow our heads for a moment. Heavenly Father, we're grateful that you have called us the body of Christ, the church, and you're the head of it. So you're the one that directs us. So we pray for direction. We pray for your, your strength and your wisdom. Help us to remember that we belong with one another. You will use us for a greater cause. Help us to add value to people, especially people in our very own families. And so I pray over all of us, Lord, as believers, even as unbelievers, Lord, I pray for the unbelievers that may not know you yet, that they would come to know you as Lord and Savior. And if you're here and you're saying, that's me, I, I've never said yes to Jesus, I want to pray over you. In fact, you can pray with me, and as you say these words, you're giving your life to Jesus Christ. As believers, we can even pray this prayer too because it reminds us on the commitment we made to Jesus Christ. Let's pray this together. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the family of God. I believe in you, Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the grave to give me eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray. With every head bowed and eyes closed, if you said that prayer for the first time, could you just acknowledge that by lifting a hand real briefly? I just want to pray God's blessing over you. Okay, anyone this morning that you're saying, I said yes to Jesus. Okay? Okay, God sees you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, you can put your hands down. Lord, I pray over these that said yes to you. I pray for your blessing over them that they would understand that they are included in the family of God and that you also want them to stay connected to the body of Christ. Help them to find a home church. And if this is their home church, that's great, Lord. If not, may they find one because it's important for us to stay connected. Lord, I pray for all those who call this their church, that they are members here. They contribute. Lord, I am, I am so grateful because this is where we grow together. And I ask for your blessing on them also that they would remember how valuable they are to the kingdom of God, that you use them to spread your love to the world wherever they may be. All of us included, Lord, will do great things for you because this is why we do what we do. It's to glorify your name because this is where we belong as the family of God. It's with you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name and we all said together, amen. Can we just congratulate those that said yes to Jesus this morning? It's a great decision, the most powerful decision that you'll ever make. And when you, before you leave, please go see one of us at the yes table because we have a Bible and a gift for you. It's actually a free gift.
to help you with your walk with Jesus Christ. And because of that gift, uh, it'll, it'll help you to grow, but stay connected to the body of Christ. And if you're wondering, well, how do I become a member? Uh, you can go to our information center. We can point you in the right direction. Or you can go onto our church app, and it, you're going to scroll down on the first page, and it says membership, and it'll lead you. Okay? You can do that.